The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, it's a great time to be a nickel explorer. GDP growth and demand from the metal's traditional main market of stainless steel and runaway growth in lithium-ion batteries for the EV and renewable energy revolutions has got the world worried about just where the supply is going to come from. On figures from the miner and global commodities trader Glencore, annual nickel demand is expected to increase by 3.7 times to 9.2 million tonnes come 2050. Again, no one is sure where the supply will come from. That's why the nickel price has been on the tear. After falling below US $7.25 a pound in March, nickel has worked its way back to US $9.25 a pound. That puts it 58% ahead of its US $6.26 a pound average last calendar year. It goes without saying that nickel star performance provides plenty of incentive for explorers to find more of the stuff. All of the above and more can be applied to lithium. The price has gone ballistic this year in response to the same sort of supply shortages looming on the horizon that we've been talking about there with nickel. It's, all that's been reflected in the absolutely stellar share price performance across the lithium space. So wouldn't it be nice to have a nickel and lithium explorer wrapped up in one? We've got one today, Auric Minerals. Auric trades under the code AOU or Alpha Oscar Uniform and it had a last sale price of 11 cents for a market cap of about 40 million. We have Auric CEO and Managing Director Aidan Platel with us today to bring us up to speed on the company's nickel hunt along the prolific Norseman to Aluna Greenstone Belt and where it is in its strategy to become a producer of the preferred high-grade nickel sulphides for the battery boom. Aidan will also talk to the news that on the uh, lithium uh, leg that the company's been developing, uh, and that's at its flagship Nepean Nickel Project or in that general area as well, and what the plans are to build a second and potentially very exciting lithium leg. So with that, I'll say g'day to Aidan. Welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day, Barry. Thanks very much for having me. Aidan, the company's got a lot on the go. Uh, Let's deal with the hot news of a developing lithium leg to the company's story at the Nepean Nickel Project area near Coolgardie. Um, what can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, we sure do. Certainly plenty on and really pushing forward to trying to get a lot of these programs finished and the uh, samples into the lab for assays ready for the new year. But um, as our news came out uh, today, as you've mentioned, we've certainly had a nice little win on the lithium front. We always um, knew that there was potential for significant lithium um, and LCT mineralisation at our Nepean project. There are a couple of mining leases adjacent to our tenure that have historic lithium mining on them um, and we knew the pegmatite vein from these mines cross over into our ground. Um, we've certainly also seen at the Nepean nickel mine itself, the historic nickel mine, that there was large pegmatite intrusions cross-cutting the nickel sulphide mineralization and then a larger vein again at depth which we certainly hit a lot of in our first Nepean deep hole so 
we've sampled that larger pegmatite. Um, those samples are still in the labs um, with assays pending, um, but certainly some of our initial first pass almost reconnaissance mapping and sampling that we did in the northern part of the tenure near those historic lithium mines. Um, we've mapped and rock chipped uh, a, a few of those pegmatites and mapped out their extensions um, and we've got well over 1% lithium um, in a couple of our samples, which is great news and certainly um, confirms the prospectivity and, and means that we have a lot more work to do, I guess, in, in moving that forward and seeing really what we do have in, on that front. Mm, I was just wondering what uh, what are the plans uh, on the lithium front from here on in? Um, well, so we actually did a couple of um, RC holes for the nickel sulphide potential along that strike, which were very close to where we've taken those lithium samples from. So we did hit pegmatites, obviously, in that those holes, um, and we've really just left them alone until now. So first pass, we'll definitely go back and, and get those pulps out and, and reassayed for the LCT and the lithium mineralisation, um, and as well, just get back on the ground. And again, that's fairly cheap, fairly basic exploration, and really see if we can see and map out the full extents of the pegmatites, see if we can find more. Um, some of those better samples um, were, you know, subcrop and float, so we're really not sure exactly where the in-situ material comes from, so we really need to suss that out a bit better. There's, you know, it was at the bottom of, bottom of some historic trenching, so it was a bit difficult to, to determine, um, so certainly yeah. need to get back out there and, and see where those um, veins go. And then obviously we'll get our assays back from the larger veins around the... Um, southern portion of the tenure which is actually where the nickel the historic nickel mine is and, and see what the potential is like for those pegmatites as well okay so uh, an unfolding story for 2022 Indeed, hopefully yeah oh, okay so uh let's get back to the nickel like we've mentioned the pen and the company also has the leinster project and the saints project uh, which is north of kalgoorlie uh, just a reminder to listeners that uh, the Pen is a historic mine operated between 1970 and 1987 when it produced 30,000 tonnes at 2.99% uh, recovered. It was actually Australia's second producing nickel mine with about 32,000 tonnes produced. So I don't know where to start with this one because you were very, very busy there. Now, why don't we pick out assay results from the Pen Deep holes? Um, where are we at with those? Okay, so we are waiting on those. Obviously, I guess the majority of our exploration in, in this 2021 um, campaign has been at Nepean. We acquired it very late last year and, and jumped straight into the first drilling campaign in January and they've pretty much gone um, for the full 12 months at Nepean. It's been a game changer for us, really moved our market cap up to that 40, 50 million market cap from a sub-10 market cap. So mm-hmm. we've given it its due respect um, and in, on... Three really real fronts there. We've got the historic mine, which does have a remnant um, historic resource. So we know there's um, high-grade mineralisation there. We've extended that with drilling we did around Easter time and some very high-grade thick nickel sulphide intercepts, which really gives us the possibility, I guess, of of cranking up an open pit mine um, to, to mine that shallow mineralisation, that high-grade mineralisation generates some early cash flow. So we've kicked off scoping studies on that front. Um, really does hinge being so shallow on the metallurgy. So we do have a large sample we've submitted to strategic metallurgy and um, they're working on that first first pass metallurgy, um, which pending those results, will that will really drive the scoping study and beyond for that, that shallow mineralisation. Um, then there is the remnant mineralisation, I guess, in the mine itself. Um, that'll obviously be 
be an onflow from that shallow work. Then there is the the regional exploration. We have you know over ten kilometres of strike that were very very un, underexplored, but we've we've seen that the fertile ultramafic sweep from the mine itself, the host rocks from the mine, do extend that full ten k's. Um, so we've done a lot of drilling there, a lot of mapping, um, air core drilling, the full the full sweep, um, EM obviously. Um, and we've really narrowed it down to sort of four or five main prospects that are still looking good. Um, we have downhole EM plates at Little Eagle, at Spoonbill. We have a really good mag target at Cormorant. Um, so we, we are just finishing off there this year with with another four or five drill holes to, to get stuck into those targets, do some follow-up downhole EM and, and get those samples into the lab for assaying. Um, but again, really, really high prospectivity to see if we can't find another Nepean along that strike. And then I guess the third one, as, as you alluded to, the third main area we're looking into is obviously the Nepean deeps. With those cross-cutting pegmatites, we could see the analogy from the historic Nepean nickel mine with, with Western Area's Flying Fox uh, nickel mine with the, the granites and, and the pegmatites cross-cutting, but uh, the nickel mineralisation, which was there a long time before, these pegmatites still continuing at depth. So basically no one had successfully put a drill hole in beneath that pegmatite, beneath the old workings. Um, so that was really a, a critical target area for us. We successfully drilled the first hole into that target area, a very deep 1,300-metre hole, sort of sub-parallel to the main footwall contact, to really just a platform to see what we could see with the geophysical surveys, the downhole EM and, and the downhole MMR, which really um, should should light up um, conductive sulfides. It still did cross the the, uh, the footwall as well. It was slightly, it was sub-parallel, but still crossed the main footwall contact. So we did see the ultramafic packages and we did see the four ultramafics, which we correlated to the four ultramafics packages that we see in the actual Nepean nickel mine itself so successfully I think proved that we've we've got the right rocks and the actual the host rocks um, from the mine itself are continuing beneath that pegmatite um, and I guess more importantly we certainly highlighted three um, very exciting downhole EM plates um, from that first hole which were you know really provide us with real targets for significant um, nickel sulfide mineralization so we've put our second hole in um, and we drilled that at the first plate, just being the uppermost plate. It um, still was a 600-metre deep exercise targeting that first plate, but it is quite close to the base of the old mine workings um, and is offset. It was correlating to the ultramafic. Um, and as we announced last week, we did successfully hit um, quite a nice intersection of sulphides within a very thick ultramafic unit. Um, we observed, certainly observed some pentlandite and chalcopyrite, so the nickel and copper mineralisation within that sulphide. Um, and again, we've, we've brushed those samples into the lab and hopefully we, we get some of those results before Christmas, if not very early in January. But um, certainly excited to see what, what that lights up. We've decided that that ultramafic corresponds to seal one, which was called in the day, which is the first ultramafic um, in the mine sequence, which typically was considered barren of nickel. Um, historically mm. so we've certainly proven that to be not the case and I think that really does open up a huge potential for uh, new nickel sulfide mineralization to the west of the old mine. Mm. Okay so you've been at it for more than a year now I was just wondering how would you characterize your uh, feelings on the project from uh, acquisition till now? You, uh, has the excitement level gone up for you? Uh, it sure has I think you know it's nickel sulfides that's I think the 
the, the big risk, big reward, typically and historically always for nickel sulfides, it's, it's a hard um, commodity to find. And I think because of that, when you do find it, you, you get the significant re-rate in share price. So it's been a slog. Mm. Uh, we always knew it would be, but um, we have the team. We have some very good geologists and exploration manager, very nickel sulfide focused for the you know their whole career almost. So um, we're certainly working through it systematically we've we've got a couple of the old old school nickel sulfide geologists in john hicks and and rocky osborne um have been helping us out with some technical sessions and so we've got all the all the right people um you know really having a go at finding new nickel sulfides and we continually um understanding more and more of the picture um and and continue to to light up some new drilling targets each time so i think we're getting closer and closer to, to a significant nickel sulfide discovery there mm. I'm not going to say you uh, you've got it easy, but uh, you know these geophysical uh, remote sensing techniques have, have improved out of sight since 1987. The last time uh, oil was produced there, so um, that must be adding to the even though some of those uh, experienced guys at the mine would uh, and geologists would be saying, uh, I "Didn't know that was there." Well, that's that's exactly right. I think EM is ten times more powerful now than it was even 10 years ago so yeah. exactly right right having seen where it maybe have ex- explored before doesn't necessarily mean um it's not there so there's that certainly opens it up and gives us an advantage um even even on that point i guess we did some geophysical test work on some of our core from the old mine um some disseminated nickel sulfides which went over four percent um mm-hmm. and that didn't light up with em so, you know, that was a real eye-opener and hence we're doing a ground IP survey in the northern part of our Nepean tenure, um, which we've seen mm-hmm. some very, you know, very fertile ultramafics up there um, in the hope that we might be able to light up something that the EM traditionally wouldn't have lit, lit up um, in the sense of disseminated nickel sulfides, but certainly at 4% nickel, nothing to be sneezed at. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So let's go up to uh, Leinster. What's been happening there? Uh, so Leinster, we have a lot of information on now. We've done quite a lot of drilling now. Um, in, the, in the sense of uh, what it presents, it was quite similar to the Nepean project in that um, we have no nickel sulfide mineralisation, high-grade massive nickel sulfides at the Horn, um, and then a strong aeromagnetic trend along strike either way, but really underexplored uh, trend. So we've We've stepped off to the north um, west um, in what we've called the Woodwind Prospect um, and really proved that concept that the mag, Aeromag anomaly really is representing a, a thick, fertile, ultramafic unit. We've seen nickel sulfides there, disseminated nickel sulfides, even stringer nickel sulfides. Um, and I guess importantly, the, the texture and, and you know, the, the geology of the disseminated nickel sulfides is what they've termed historically as cloud nickel sulfides in all of the large nickel sulfide mines around Leinster, um, Rocky's Reward, Perseverance, even Waterloo. So typically they see that within 10 to 15 metres of the massive nickel sulfide ore. So we've really got excited by that. Um, as I said, we've got a lot of information to process. A lot of assays have come back, a lot of new down OEM plates. So we're really um, having, a, a, again, a technical session with all the old heads um, in January and really planning out the the significant drill program for 2022 right okay now uh saints north of kalgoorlie that's uh that's up for a sort of scoping study level now is it it is yeah so saints is our most advanced project in that sense being a jork 12 compliant resource over twenty-one thousand tons of nickel 
um, at 2%, so a high-grade existing resource there. Um, it starts from fresh primary sulphides. It starts from only 40 metres below surface. So it, um, our back-of-the-envelope numbers present pretty well at this current nickel price and certainly what's forecasted for the nickel price. Um, so we kicked mm-hmm. off the scoping study. Um, again, it's really shaping up quite nicely and we, we fully expect the scoping study to lead then into feasibility studies. So we've kicked off probably more than just basic scoping study levels. We're doing, um, you know, the baseline environmental studies already. The all-important spring survey of flora and fauna have, have been completed now um, just to be ready so we can really push forward quickly into production. Um, early next year, so early in Jan, we'll, we'll have the drill rig at Saints um, for some infill drilling and we, we intend to upgrade that resource and hopefully bring it majority, majority of the resource into indicated resource category or better. Um, and at the same time, that those infill drill holes will provide a sample for the all-important metallurgical test work. So that's really um, going to go hard at that. In January, in terms of a drill program, um, part of that drill program as well will be extensional drilling and going beneath the existing channels at St. Patrick's and, and St. Andrews and, and really seeing if we can, can, can um, uncover some more nickel sulphides at depth much the same way we've done it at Nepean, some parallel holes to do some geophysical um, surveys some down the whole yam and, and then ha- having a go at it. But certainly the depth at Saints is nowhere near Nepean. We're talking 400, 500 metres only. Yeah, okay. And you would have some um, uh, processing route op- options in that part of the world, wouldn't you? Uh, well, exactly right. That's the beauty of being in the North Mamaluna Greenstone Belt. You don't have to have a fifty to 70,000 tonne nickel resource um, standalone resource so you can justify the capex of building your own plant you've got five processing plants within trucking distance of all three of our projects um, so certainly toll treating um, is on the cards and that really does open up uh, the possibility of, of mining much smaller high-grade deposits and generating significant cash flow early yeah and just a reminder to everyone that uh History tells us that when uh, nickel gets to these prices, uh, everyone in the industry gets uh, very, very excited for good reasons. Uh, anything around ten dollars a, a ton is considered. Woohoo! Let's go. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Now, I've just realised I've messed up my introduction where I talked about you guys adding a lithium leg, a second leg to the story, because I'd forgotten about Arden over in South Australia, a zinc leg, uh, ZX target, which uh, you're about to drill or are drilling. We are drilling, yeah. It's been a, a little bit of a battle, this this program. It's quite difficult drilling. There's some unconsolidated sand layers in amongst the limestones, um, but we are drilling underway. Um, very exciting gravity target earlier, I think 2018, when we did our maiden program there. Um, we certainly hit some significant zinc mineralisation, um, up to sort of 15 16% zinc over a significant width. And we have a very strong gravity anomaly that stems off that that intersection. So um, certainly a, a very high potential target for high-grade zinc. Um, and we should know with only a handful of drill holes, really, which we intend to complete this year still, um, you know, whether that gravity anomaly is that zinc mineralisation. And that could be something quite, quite special in itself. And again, like you said, zinc becoming a critical mineral um, has really helped us on that front. So it's all, all the... Few, Future minerals with the zinc and the copper and and lithium and and, and nickel. Obviously, we're we're taking a lot of boxes. It doesn't seem to be a, a metal at all nowadays that isn't a, a critical or battery material metal. But just, <laughs> very when, true. <laughs> when, when it when that sort of thematic gets zinc to a dollar fifty a pound, uh, uh, who cares? Um, yeah. 
Uh, I'm just a bit intrigued. Why why South Australia? Uh, we were actually in South Australia before we were in WA. So uh, when okay. I first uh, came to Auroc, we were, made a distinct um, decision to be Australian project focused and Australian based metal uh, projects. Mm-hmm. So we, we picked up um, three copper zinc projects in South Australia, and that's really what we were focused on. Um, 2018, 2019, but always under that base metals umbrella, we were very keen to get back into nickel sulfides, um, and hence we added Saints and Leinster, in, and and became focused on the Western Australian nickel story. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've mentioned numerous times that very active program. How are you offer funding? Ah, uh, we're good. So we raised a significant amount of cash um, last month. So we're sitting on. Over $10 million now. We've had all of our options, which were underwritten anyway, um, which expired at the 30th of November. They've all come in um, mm-hmm. and we raised $8 million. So um, sitting at around about $10.5 million and, and well-funded to get stuck into all of these programs and that will see us through 2022 mm-hmm. and beyond. No, I think we've uh, given listeners a feel for about the news flow coming through, but if uh, you could just pick out one or two maybe three, because uh, you've got quite a bit coming. Uh, this side of uh, the new, well, before the end of the year and maybe early next year. Yeah, well, I think obviously it's all about exploration for us still. So this this regional program at Nepean that we're going to complete before the end of the year could be anything. The downhole EM targets are very exciting. So really hoping we see something special on, on one or two of those at least. Um, obviously the zinc we intend to, to see before the end of the year and, and we'll have XRF guns and the like on site so whilst mm-hmm. the assays might not be be in we should certainly know if it's a boy or a girl there as well um and really i guess you know pushing forward with the lithium and, and hopefully seeing some of those assay re- results from the pn deeps and even maybe the network before christmas so um, quite a few you know irons irons in the fire before christmas this year yeah absolutely okay there you go folks uh, a very active uh, company across nickel zinc and lithium Lots to look out for in coming weeks and months. So with that, Aidan, thanks for your time today. Much appreciated and good luck with it all. No worries. Thank you very much, Barry. Appreciate it.